Today's episode is proudly sponsored by the Rising Tide Mastermind. The term mastermind was originally written in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. Before that, the earliest documentation that we have of a mastermind group was Ben Franklin's group that he used to meet every single week in a tavern that he called Huntus. Nation, there's no doubt about it. Life is too short to do it alone, and it's not very much fun to do it alone in. Nation, I urge you to go to scalinguph2o.com and find out if the Rising Tide Mastermind is right for you. I'd love to have a 15-minute call with you to explain all things Rising Tide Mastermind and see if this is a group that's right for you and you are right for the group. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind. Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast where we celebrate World Water Day. Happy World Water Day, everybody. Trace Blackmore here, the podcast host for Scaling Up H2O. And let's face it, we service the industrial water treatment community. So why not know a little bit more about World Water Day? It's a day designed all around bringing awareness to the fact that not everybody in the world has access to clean, safe drinking water and sanitation and hygiene. Folks, just think of how lucky most of us are We simply turn on the water faucet and this clean, drinkable, cookable, whatever we want to do with it, water is right there at our fingertips. You might remember episode 173 when Michael Wardy shared his experience when he turned on the water, he was out of the country and just black sludge came out. Well, at least there was a faucet there. There There's so many places that there are people that have to walk an average of six kilometers to go retrieve their drinking water. And folks, I've seen some pictures of some of this water. It's really not water that they would want to drink. It's water that they have to drink. There's no other water source around there. So today's episode is all about that. We're going to talk to somebody that's going to let us know of an organization that we've worked with before. And she's going to take us a little bit deeper into their organization so you can know exactly what it is that you can do. So I'm going to get straight into that interview. Here it is. My lab partner today is Crystal O'Rourke of World Vision. Crystal, welcome to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to have you here. We have participated in the Global 6K for a couple years now. I know we're going to talk about that, but I'm really excited because I know so little about all the other things that World Vision does. So I was hoping that along with the Scaling Up Nation, I'm going to get a big education today. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm happy to answer any questions and educate you all on whatever I can about World Vision and the amazing work I get to be a part of through it. Awesome. Well, uh, can you let the Scaling Up H2O listeners know a little bit about you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually live in Southern California. I'm a mom, first and foremost, and a wife of 15 years. I have three amazing daughters, all school age. And so I'm very busy. I coach soccer and work full time. And my job is a lot of fun, but it can also be pretty heavy because we are dealing with something that can be pretty catastrophic in different developing areas around the world. So yeah, basically, I am the program manager for the Global 6K for Water. Um, you guys have been a part of that from what I've, I've understood and raised a lot of money to help out children. And so I'm just super thankful for all of you guys and what you do. It's such a, a really great thing that uh, the 6K is. And of course, we're the industrial water treatment industry. So it fits in so well with our industry. It allows us to realize that we are very fortunate to live in a country where you just turn on a faucet and water comes out. And since we're we're touching water every day with our job, uh, it allows us to think of water where we're not and how we can affect other people's lives. So I, we're going to talk all about that. So I don't want to get too much ahead of ourselves. Uh, thank you for doing it, though. Uh, something you were telling me about before we started broadcasting was, I always say team world vision, but really it's world vision. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, Team World Vision is uh, basically a group within World Vision that focuses solely on raising money for clean water. Um, we focus with Team World Vision on WASH, water sanitation and hygiene, and fundraising around that. So that looks a lot like running a marathon or a half marathon. Maybe it's doing a triathlon or something along those lines. And you're basically, when you're doing that, you're fundraising and asking your peers and your colleagues or friends that um, they would give money to help people with lasting clean water. World Vision, on the other hand, is the organization that Team World Vision falls under. So World Vision focuses a lot more on humanity work outside of just strictly wash. World Vision focuses on advocacy for the poor and oppressed, uh, bringing justice for the poor and oppressed, as well as um, many humanitarian affairs, including community development and even emergency response. How did World Vision get started? Yeah, so it's a very interesting story. Um, our founder was a man named Bob Pierce. And um, back in 1950, he was a missionary and he had been visiting in uh, China and sharing about Jesus in communities in China. Well, he went to like an orphanage and a children's school. When he was there, he had worked with one of the missionaries that was there, and he had kind of converted children from their native religion into Christianity. Well, this missionary realized you can't just give them the gospel, so to speak. They need food as well. One little girl named White Jade went home, and when she told her family that she had become a Christian— the father had beaten her and thrown her out of the house. Oh, wow. She went back to the school and 
basically this missionary woman had already been sharing her single rice bowl that she had for the day with multiple other children. And now she was going to have to share with White Jade as well. So how was she going to be able to provide? So she went back to Bob Pierce, this fierce, fiery woman, (laughs) and told him, hey, what you're doing is good, except for we can't provide for these children. So you need to help us provide. I'm already doing everything that I can. When he tried to put the responsibility back on her, well, that struck him deeply and he realized he needed to do something more. He couldn't just share his religion with people. He had to also provide tangible needs rather than just spiritual needs. So he basically started child sponsorship and world vision. And so um, world vision does have a child sponsorship model, which basically consists of somebody dedicating $39 a month to a child. And that money goes into community development. It provides things like food and medication, um, education, hygiene and sanitation, as well as clean water, basically community development model. So what does the organization look like today? Yeah, so it does still look a lot like um, we do focus really heavily on child sponsorship. So I myself sponsor uh, five children in different countries around the world. And those kids, I get progress reports on them. I get to hear how they're doing. Um, I've even, unfortunately, very unfortunately, we, we lost one due to an illness. So it's a very personal experience getting to connect with a child around the world that you're helping provide for. It's very much a partnership with that child's parent in helping raise them up to experience fullness of life. And then we also do, like I mentioned, um, emergency response. So when we have experienced things like hurricanes, which we very recently had in Florida, we'll go in and provide, we're usually first in providing needs to the community, um, helping assess the situation, making sure that they have what they need, providing, you know, things like supplies, food, water, uh, first aid, things like that. And then we also do a lot of advocacy. So we do work with different government sectors in the United States and around the world to try to provide basically some safety for children and things along those lines. You mentioned child sponsorship. Can you tell us what that looks like? Yes. So it looks like a one-to-one experience between an, a person and a child. So somebody that can afford daily basic needs being met that helps to provide those needs to a child that cannot afford those things. And World Vision partners with the community to provide those needs. So our dollars go directly to the community to make sure that the child has what they need. So basically, I would choose a child or a child could choose me. We have a program called Chosen where the child gets to choose. And then I would give $39 a month out of my bank account. That money would go to World vision and it would go to the community in which the child lives to provide the child with their basic needs. So if somebody's listening today, they want to find out more about that, what should they do? Yeah, you could go to worldvision.org and you'll see um, a link to click on to chosen to be chosen, or you can choose a child through child sponsorship there as well. So through the history you just shared with us, uh, eventually you all decided that you wanted to do something around water. How was that transition made? 
Yeah. So actually, oh, I get to talk about one of my favorite people in the whole world. Um, <laughs> uh, one of my my dearest friends and brother, I, I mean, we, I consider him my brother, Michael Chitwood, um, had experienced some really deep grief. He had some loss in his family and he was searching. He was searching for what he could do to really help himself through difficulty. And uh, he started kind of on this journey of health and wellness and trying to, I guess, get in touch with his body physically and mentally. He decided one day he had this revelation while on a bike uh, training for a triathlon that why aren't we raising money for children in need the way that people raise money through marathons all the time, we could do this with clean water. So he ended up at World Vision and pitched this idea and started Team World Vision. So through Team World Vision, we started the global 6K for water. Now, 6K, I know people are familiar with a 5K, but it's a 6K. It's a little further. It's about 3.7 miles. And the reason it's a 6K is because 6K is the average distance that women and children have to walk to get to a water source that's usually diseased and dirty and carries about a 50% mortality rate for children under the age of five. So we walk 6K so that they don't have to anymore. Every registration provides lasting clean water to a person in need. And we also have through the Global 6K um, a picture when you when you register, you'll get a race bib, a t-shirt, a medal, and you'll see a picture of a unique child like the one you'll be helping in one of the countries that we're supporting with our WASH initiatives. So I will tell you the first time that we ran the 6K, we didn't know a lot about it. And this packet showed up. And it had the bib, uh, had the the young man that I sponsored and the young man that my wife sponsored and the most bright orange shirt that we had in our entire wardrobe. And of course, we put this on and we go to our local park and we we tried to run, but we couldn't because we were people were stopping us because they want to know, hey, what are, what are you doing? And our times were horrible, so we're not going to pay attention to that. But we had so much interest in people asking us, you know, why are you wearing a child on a, on a bib? Why is it Dayglow Orange? Why does it say 6K on it? There was just so much information there that um, I just I'm curious, what is the typical participant's experience? Well, it's a lot like yours. Uh, we hear a lot of feedback about those orange shirts, I'll tell you. I mean, people with our skin tone don't necessarily look great in orange. Am I right? <laughs> this is probably a true statement. However, we do hear from people, from children around the world, that orange is the color of hope for them mm. because they see these orange logos, these world vision beacons in orange because it's our brand color. And they know that they're going to receive the things that they need through that hopeful color. <laughs> So that is why we stick with these orange shirts. And I mean, people were asking you. So it's bringing awareness. It's doing its job. 
<laughs> um, definitely looks a lot like your experience. I would say it depends really on how you participate as well. So people can sign up to host an event, which would look like maybe meeting up at a park, having some of your friends and family join. Maybe if you're a business, your business will join and um, their families. And they would walk or run or, or even roll. We have a lot of people that push strollers or in wheelchairs. That six kilometers uh, representing the walk that children and women around the world have to do. This can be more of a party setting where, you know, after the walk, there's face paint and balloons and music and fun and food and games. Um, so it really depends on kind of if you're hosting an event or attending a hosted event or if you're participating virtually on your own. I know recently in COVID years, we kind of all were participating virtually on our own. So, um, but that, I, I mean, when we were doing it virtually with me and my family, we made sure to get hand clappers and some of those things were mailed out along with our race kits. And so I did some fun little face paint for my kiddos. And, and it really, I think just giving parents, giving families, giving businesses an opportunity to teach their children and even ourselves that we really can make a difference. I mean, the clean water crisis is big, but if you think of it in terms of we, we've realized one in 10 people are lacking access to close, clean water. One in 10. That means if you and I participate, two more people are going to have clean water. And so, I mean, it is accessible. We have a big vision of seeing clean water everywhere that we work with World Vision by the year 2030. And I think that we can make that happen with people like you and people that join the Global 6K. A lot of people that listen to the podcast have spoken with their companies and their companies have created teams. And each year we get bigger and bigger. I can't wait to see how many teams and, and how many people join the 6K. But a question that I know a lot of people have is, okay, I register, I pay this very modest fee and probably don't even cover the cost of the shirt and the bib, I would imagine, and, and of course the shipping. How is that helping the situation? Yeah, definitely. So we're very, very lucky to have a lot of sponsors that help cover some of those fees. And we do actually see while we break down the larger number of money that we raise and things that are donated, that about $50 will provide lasting clean water to one person in need, which is why we can say that every registration gives lasting clean water to a person in need. However, you can go above and beyond and fundraise even more than that. So every $50 that you raise, whether it's registration or not, will bring clean water. So I always encourage people, set a goal. Do you want to bring clean water to a family your size? Do you want to support maybe a classroom the size of your child's or the size of your business? Maybe you want to provide clean water to the amount of people that you are able to, you know, employ. It could look differently. I, I think just go in your heart, reach in your heart and really think, what is it that I feel like I can accomplish? Because we really can do big things if we reach into our communities and we work together. So what are the, some of the things that you guys are using the money toward? How do you actually bring clean water to those communities? 
Oh, I love this question. So <laughs> this is one of the best parts about World Vision because oftentimes we hear about organizations that maybe just go in and dig a well. Well, we don't really do that. We work with indigenous leaders and engineers within these communities and within, within these countries. We bring them to the village and we let them survey the land. We have them look at what is going to be the best source of water for this community. What's going to be the longest lasting? What's going to be the most cost effective? What can we train this community to be able to really make this last? And so sometimes that looks like a capped spring. Sometimes that looks like a water filtration system if they already have a water source. And sometimes it does look like a deep well or something along those lines. I had the opportunity to visit um, Ethiopia back in 2017 and meet one of my sponsored children um, and, and visit some of the clean water projects that we had going on that was built through money raised by the Global 6K for Water. So I got to cut my hands and drink clean, fresh water from a capped spring in one of my sponsored children's communities. And so this is the work that we're doing. It's life-changing. When children have access to clean water, little girls don't have to spend their days walking back and forth to a water source that could potentially kill them. They can go to school. Their parents can maybe work and not have to worry about walking it so that they can send their child to school. Um, there's so much that comes out of this clean water, let alone not being afraid that your child is, is potentially not going to make it to be an adult because they don't have what they need in clean water. I will say one of the things I love most is that you're not just going in and saying, here's this gift. You're working with the community, and now it's part of their community. They built it. They know how to maintain it. That's amazing. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And what you're saying reminds me of a story that I didn't get to visit this woman, but one of my really close friends and colleagues did. And her name was Jane Kitsong. She's from um, Kenya. And when they went back to visit after they had, had gotten their clean water, she introduced them and uh, to her and her community and said, Welcome to our water project. They have ownership over that water. It's not World Vision's water. It's not my water. It's not your water. It is their water. And they learn how to take care of it. They learn how to have good hygiene practice and hygiene behavior. Um, they learn sanitation. And so these are things that are just lacking um, because of things like poverty or a lack of development um, that they have not been able to get through things like government assistance. Something I learned with working with your team is all of the things that happen or, or rather don't happen because people are taking time away from other things to go and get water. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. So, I think the most common thing that we see is because oftentimes a girl has to walk to a water source and bring that water back to her family. So she spends her day. Just recently, I heard a story of, an, of a girl that is in Ghana, and she has to walk 12 times a day to get water to bring back to her family. This is usually tasked with the oldest daughter in the family. She can't go to school. So her life 
is going to be much different than, say, her brother who can attend school because that doesn't fall to him in the birth order or even gender role in that community. So her life is going to look a lot different. Even oftentimes there's mothers that will have to walk with their children because it's dangerous. There can be things like animals. Trafficking is something that happens on along these water routes a lot of times. And so an adult must go with them or even a mother that will take on the task so that she can try to send her daughter to school. So it really opens up a lot of opportunity for families When we spend, you know, we say it's uh, about an hour and a half probably to walk the Global 6K for water. That's They're spending at least an hour and a half walking to get water every day. And that 12 times, that girl is spending over 12 hours walking to get to a water source. A few people I know have done vision trips with you. What does that look like? Yeah, so vision trips are so special. I ha- I had the opportunity to do one myself back in 2017, and what it really looks like is you'll go to a place where World Vision works. So for me, that was Ethiopia. I went to Ethiopia and I got to visit what is called an AP, an area program. You get to visit a place that is set up within the community where children can come and receive things that they need. Sometimes that can look like food or medicine. Sometimes that can look like education. Um, A lot of times it can be like an after-school program or a reading group. And the people in the community, the village leaders and the World Vision staff work together to identify what the community needs. So you'll get to visit those projects, whether that's a clean water project or maybe it's farming. Um, We got to visit a bee like a honey co-op, which was super interesting. Interesting. We also got to visit a place where a woman had gotten uh, financial aid from World Vision, like a microloan, and was able to start a business building latrines and selling them within the community. So you really get to experience what it looks like to see community development firsthand. That sounds amazing. How many people go on vision trips per year? Oh, my goodness. I'm not totally sure per year, but usually it'll be about 12, per, 12 people per trip. So you kind of learn a new family as you're going there. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Depending on where you're going. And we have World Vision works in over 100 countries. We have 100 countries that we're working in and over 40 that we have wash specific strategies in. So depending on where you're going and the majority of those countries, we are sponsoring children. You're meeting families. You're getting to be a part of the life change and see the life change firsthand. When it comes to the water crisis, how do you measure where you began, where you are now, and when it's solved? Ooh, that's a really good question. So, I mean, we've been working in WASH. I would say there's been some element of WASH from the beginning of World Vision because we're teaching children how to wash their hands. We're teaching children how to be hygienal, how to have good hygiene behavior. And so, you know, where we're at now is we've we've reached hundreds of thousands of people, I mean, millions of people really, with clean water and behavioral hygiene hygiene change. And so we're starting to see more and more people learning those those behaviors, being able to have access to clean water and 
we we foresee the clean water crisis being solved everywhere we work by 2030. And that can happen through people doing things like participating in the Global 6K for Water, making a donation on their behalf through WASH, um, also doing things like running a marathon if you're a runner or even not. I'm not a runner, but I've done two half marathons and captain teams raising, you know, close to $100,000 for clean water. And i I mean, I finished. It wasn't great. My time was horrible, but I did finish. <laughs> so we keep talking about the Global 6K. When is that being held next? Yeah. So next would be May 20th, um, 2023. And it's always on a Saturday. So it's a great day to just get out there with your family, beautiful spring weather, do the walk, um, make some world change and bring hope to children around the world. What advice do you have for people that are participating for the very first time? Um, my advice would be to leave your expectations at the door. Um, take it slow. Have fun. Don't try to be the first one to finish or worry about training a ton. Um, it's really more about the experience and making those connections with the, the people around you and your loved ones, as well as, you know, obviously the impact that you're going to bring globally. So if you could just get one message across today, what would you want that message to be? I think it would be that with something as little as $50, you can change somebody's life. You might not ever meet that person, but you know that their life has been impacted and you have made a difference. Somebody is going to have fullness of life. They're going to have clean water. Maybe a child is going to be able to get an education and become a doctor or something else that their dream is. And you can do it. You can do it by signing up for the Global 6K. It's one day, $50, 25 for children. Um, we do have that child rate of $25. And, and I would just encourage you to do it because not every day do we get to do something big like save a life. Well, we're going to put all the information on our show notes page. And thank you so much for sharing about World Vision. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I can't wait to see pictures of you all at the Global 6K this May. Nation, here's the challenge. We invite all water treatment professionals to join the Scaling Up H2O Nation by sharing how you are making efforts to bring clean water to everybody on the planet. You can tag your post to Team Scaling Up H2O. You can also do hashtag Team World Vision, hashtag Global 6K, or hashtag World Water Day. Now, as Crystal told us, we have a very fun way and informative way that we can help each other do this. And here is the big call to action. And I would love you to hashtag one of those uh, items that I just mentioned and said, yes, I signed up. So World Vision every year does a global 6K. So on Saturday, May 20th, you can sign up for Team Scaling Up and of course, you can go to the very easy website of scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K 
And that will take you right to our team page. And you can join that team and you can do the Global 6K wherever you want to do that. For $50, that will help bring water to one individual. It will also get you a packet with everything you need for the 6K. And you can join us. You can hashtag with us. We have so much fun with team scaling up. There's no reason to do this by yourself. Please join our team. But maybe you want to create your own team. Well, you can go straight to that same webpage, scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K. And you can click on that as well to make your own team. So maybe you're a water treatment company and you want to do something special for your employees. And let's face it. We're normally in and out of customers. We're normally doing the day-to-day of running a water treatment business. This is a way to get out of the day-to-day to celebrate what we do in the water treatment industry and support a fantastic cause. It's a way that you can team build with everybody that's on your team and know that you are doing something that is bigger than all of you, that's going to impact everybody on this planet and have a sustainable impact that helps everybody. Just imagine how good you're going to feel as a team when you come in on Monday, when you start talking about all the things that you accomplished that quarter, and you can say you brought water to 12 people or 1,200 people. I don't know how many people are in your company. However you do it, whether you join Team Scaling Up or you create your own team, folks, this is a great way to team build and it is such a great way to share information. My wife and I did this a couple years ago for the first time. And when we did that, we had so many people stop us. We went to a local park that we enjoy going to and I think I shared with everybody, our times were horrible because people were asking us what we were racing for. What were the orange shirts for? Why did we have a picture of a child on the front bib that we had? And we just shared so much. And then so many people actually carry five-gallon cans of water to represent normally the people that have to go get water. And you talk about an attention getter. People will stop you and ask you why you were doing that. And folks, let me tell you, five gallons gets very heavy over six kilometers. You're normally very glad to see the finish line, and you're even more glad to put that five-gallon container down. Just imagine if that was your life every single day. So many people in the Scaling Up Nation, uh, also the Rising Tide Masterminder, are doing this as well, and they're carrying those five-gallon pails. I'm amazed at seeing all those pictures out there. We did that last year. Oh my gosh, was it heavy? So... That's something you can do. The point is, you now know that there's a problem out there. You probably already knew that, but now you know something that you can do about it. And what I love about Team World Vision is that when they say your $50 is going to give somebody clean drinking water, it really does go there. It's amazing 
what they're able to do with a little amount of money, and then they actually train the people there so they can keep that water source sustainable. They know how to maintain it. And just imagine if you had to walk six miles a day and then somebody teaches you how you can take care of a resource where it's right there in your backyard, how proud are you going to be? What's that going to do to the local culture there? How many people are going to be able to stay in school? How many people are going to do something that changes the community that they live in because now they have time to be in the community? It is just amazing if you keep thinking of all the things that happen from this one act and nation All you have to do is put one foot in front of the other on May 20th, and I hope you do it with a bunch of friends. And again, one more time, more information, that is scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K. Nation, what a fun show. I, I always love doing shows where I can work with the Scaling Up Nation and we can all do something together. Again, I would love for you to hashtag Team Scaling Up H2O, hashtag Team World Vision, hashtag Global 6K, or hashtag World Water Day. Let us know what you're doing. It's, it's so fun to share all those. And I put all those up there because those are all the ones that uh, we have used in the past. So if, if you have a particular favorite, feel free to use one or all of those. And of course, somebody that helps us think about water a little bit more, a little bit differently each and every week. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about James McDonald. So here's a periodic water table with James. Hello and welcome to the periodic water table with James, where we think and learn about water chemistry drop by drop. Please use your week to search online, ask your colleagues, or even pick up a book to learn more about each week's periodic water table topic. If you do, at the end of the year, you'll be 52 water chemistry smarter. So let's raise the water table of knowledge together and get started. Today's topic is... Molybdate. What's the difference between molybdenum and molybdate? Is molybdate an anionic or cathodic corrosion inhibitor? How does it inhibit corrosion? Does molybdate have any similarities to chromate? How do you field test for molybdate? What are the ranges for the tests? How are the test results expressed? What could happen if two different molybdate test results are expressed in two different units? What are common molybdate dosages for both open and closed water systems? Does microbiological activity have any impact on molybdate? Which test and at what level may the presence of molybdate impact testing for iron? Remember, knowledge is power, and taking the time to learn more about water chemistry each week will help make you a force to be reckoned with. Be sure to post what you learn to social media and tag it with hashtag WaterTable23 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O. I look forward to learning more from you. Thank you, James. Well, next week, I am going to be in Pittsburgh for the Association of Water Technologies Technical Training Seminar. So if you are going to be there, hey, come up to me and tell me you signed up for the Global 6K. That would be 
amazing. I would love to hear that. But I would love to meet you. I'd love to hear your show ideas. All these things that you guys are doing for the water treatment community, trust me, the water treatment community is getting better. Nation, I am so proud to have a show like this. I'm so proud that when we put calls to action like this, so many people answer that call. And let's face it, if we don't do anything about the global water crisis, we're going to have a global water crisis that cannot be reversed. But we are in this industry, and this is an industry that we can change. This is a call to action that we can answer. And folks, how cool would it be to say we've ended the global water crisis within our lifetime? Doing things like this, we're getting a little bit closer. Have a great week, folks. Scale Nation, you asked for it and it is here. So many of you are taking the Certified Water Technologist examination and you're wanting to get better information on how to better answer the mock exam. Now this is the exam that you get when you sign up for the CWT exam. Well, I have heard your request and I've done exactly that. I have recorded a class that has exactly what you've been asking for. It is me answering each one of the questions and letting you know why I chose certain answers. And of course, everybody wants me to do math and I do all the math on the mock exam. So you can see how to get the right answer. And I hope this is something that will help build your confidence so you can get your certification. You can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT prep. Once again, that's scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT prep. Get out there and get your certification today.